I'm Clyde Holdekamp from 5-H Dairy in Comfort, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, harvest progress moving north through Texas. Corn and sorghum harvest are well underway, starting down in the Rio Grande Valley and moving well into central Texas. We caught up with one South Texas farmer who was on a combine in a sorghum field. We'll get an update on his harvest progress coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. For ranchers who want to start selling their own beef, one issue is where to go for meat processing. It's a decision that can have major implications for the marketing of the product. I'm James Hunt, and we'll explain that on Texas Ag Today. Cattle sales at local auction barns across Texas continue at a brisk pace due to the drought and poor forage conditions and a lack of water. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have the latest on the situation on Texas Ag Today. Heat and drought dominate agriculture news in Central Texas. This is Dr. Shane McClellan, and I'll have more from Waco. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Sorghum harvest is progressing northward through our state, with the harvest now wrapping up in the Rio Grande Valley and South Texas. We caught up with Russell Baining on a combine in a sorghum field on his farm south of San Antonio. Yes, sir. Uh, we're harvesting some irrigated grain sorghum, and uh, been actually been been in the harvest now for pretty much two weeks. Uh, we're we're winding it down. It, everything was a little bit earlier. Uh, we're actually finished with our corn, our irrigated corn. A little disappointed there, but the, the heat and the, the dry winds just couldn't keep it wet enough, I guess. The irrigated grain sorghum's turning out pretty good. Our dry land grain sorghum, pretty much a failure. We put a combine in about 20% of uh, of our dry land acres. Baining says he's yielding about six to 7,000 pounds on irrigated sorghum, with his irrigated corn yielding a disappointing 110 to 120 bushels. The latest USDA crop ratings show the toll that drought is taking on the Texas sorghum crop. This week's numbers show 19% of our sorghum rated good to excellent, 33% rated fair, and just under half, 48% of the sorghum crop rated poor to very poor. The drought is taking out more acres of Texas cotton every day. So just how much of this crop will we lose? Dr. Darren Hudson with Texas Tech says we won't lose it all, but the losses will be steep. 
you know, I don't think necessarily that we're at a total crop loss, but certainly, you know, a high, well, 100% of the, of the dry land will be gone. And, you know, a significant portion, I don't know what that number is, but probably 20 to 30% of the irrigated crop has already been abandoned or failed out. There's probably another 10 or 15% that is sitting there on the margin. You know, if it rained, it would probably make it, but uh, it doesn't look like it's going to do that. And certainly, you know, there's another 30, 40% sitting out there that's still in decent shape, given producers had sufficient water to get that crop going and keep it alive during this heat. But that's even probably getting pressured at this point. Hudson says the losses should help support cotton prices in the future once USDA gets a handle on just how big our losses are. The latest USDA cotton crop ratings for Texas show 21% of our crop rated good to excellent, 40% of the crop rated fair, and 39% of the crop rated poor to very poor. 68% of the Texas cotton now squaring, with 25% setting bowls. Finding the right meat processor is a big challenge when selling beef directly to consumers. James Hunt tells us it's a very important consideration when getting into the direct beef sales business. If you're a rancher who's considering selling your own beef, where you choose to go for meat processing is an important consideration when it comes to the marketing of your product. Tiffany Lashmut, Agricultural Law Specialist for Texas A&M AgriLife, explains. You can kind of put slaughter facilities into three basic buckets, and that dictates where you can sell the meat. So the first bucket is a federally inspected facility. That's going to get you a federal stamp on your product, and those products can be sold anywhere nationwide. So if you want to sell to somebody in another state, right, a lot of our internet shippers are going to want to have a federally inspected facility, and that way they can sell in other states. In Texas, we also have a state inspection program. So there are some facilities that are state inspected. On those, you're going to receive a state inspection stamp, and that meat can only be sold within the state of Texas. All right. So if you're only going to have in-state customers, that may be an option for you from a, a facility standpoint. The third bucket is a custom exempt facility. And that's what a lot of us would use, right? If we like raise cattle and we're going to take a steer in and have it butchered for our own household. A lot of times you go to a custom exempt facility, right? The key there is that beef cannot be resold. And so that's where you get the label there. It's going to say not for sale on it. And the use of that beef is going to be limited to the owner of the animal. There are household members, employees, and non-household guests. That beef cannot be sold or even donated if it was done at a custom-exempt facility. If you'd like to know more about the legal and economic considerations of direct beef sales, Tiffany Lashmet is among the co-authors of a handbook Texas A&M AgriLife has just released. You can search for the handbook online or contact AgriLife about getting a copy. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas livestock auctions continue to sell a lot of cattle this summer. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Livestock specialist Tracy Tomasic with the Texas Farm Bureau addresses the large number of cattle sales being conducted in Texas. Really across the state, the auction markets are having larger runs or just more cattle coming through on their weekly sales. And it's a direct reflection on a couple of things, primarily the drought, lack of forage and lack of water. Up until the last two weeks, the price for cull cows, the slaughter cows, that would be normally purchased to go back out 
to another ranch, those prices have been steady most of the year, but they've really fallen off the last two weeks. That decrease in price is also a direct reflection of the number of those cattle coming to town. Packing houses right now are full and they're running at capacity. Obviously, if there's not a place to take them, then the demand is decreased, price goes down. Prolonged and intense drought has severely reduced the amount of forage available for cattle, coupled with higher feed prices, means people are decreasing their herds in preparation for a longer period of drought conditions. So if we have a prolonged drought, things are going to get extremely severe because right now we're in a pretty severe state across a large part of Texas. And when that occurs, if we don't get any kind of moisture in the fall of 2022, that's going to have an impact on the upcoming winter crops that usually sustain a large number of calves through the winter. And if those are not available, then the cost to feed those calves is going to skyrocket as well. That is Texas Farm Bureau Livestock Specialist Tracy Tomasic in Waco. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Heat and drought are the top concerns for farmers and ranchers in Central Texas. Dr. Shane McClellan has an update from Waco. It's another week of dry and hot weather for Texas. Here in the Central Texas Blackland region, our corn farmers are shelling corn. Yields aren't good. Uh, It's not a surprise. There are a few fields that have received some of those passing showers during the growing season. Well, the yields are a little bit better, but it's still below what our normal yields would be for the Central Texas Blackland region. Now, most of our corn here in this area was cut for silage, and silage harvest is somewhat winding down. Uh, Most of our corn has been cut for silage and then put into pits or trucked back uh, west to dairies. Cotton is starting to show some symptoms of drought stress. Starting to see some hot spots, those areas that are just a little shallower. Uh, are popping up across the fields as the first location in those fields that are showing the heat symptoms. Uh, Timely rain on cotton would still have the opportunity to provide an impact on our cotton crop to improve it as far as yield goes. But time is running out. It's kind of a critical time right now. We need those summer rains, and if we don't get them, then our cotton crop usually doesn't fare as well. Has been a large number of cattle hitting the cell barns lately. Cows and calves going to cell barns the last few weeks. As people are just running out of grass, they're running out of water, stock tanks are extremely low or even empty, and they don't want to fight the the hay market. It's a really high price hay out there. Hay prices are high due to it just costs more to make them. Uh, There's less bales available. The number one driver on those hay prices being inflated is the high input cost of fertilizer. Fertilizer prices alone push that input cost anywhere uh, on a round bale, but anywhere from $60 to $100 just for the fertilizer. If you calculate the cost of cutting and baling, add in any herbicide, you're looking at $95 to $130 for a round bill. That's not a good situation for the hay producer or the hay buyer. Couple that with the lack of rainfall, and we're just making less hay this year. Not a good situation. We need to rain across the southern U.S. Uh, most of our great state of Texas is in a burn ban. Just don't light a fire. It's a tinderbox out there. It could go up in a second. Until next time, this has been Dr. Shane McClellan from Waco. Texas hunters can now enter to win one of 10,000 drawn hunts across the state. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And if you're considering buying a horse, be sure to get that horse examined. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next. 
right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas youth can expect the best in life by holding themselves to the highest standards. And the Texas Farm Bureau can help students put together the pieces that make up a successful leader. Through our Student Success Series, students in 8th through 12th grade can learn more about leadership, networking, and personal professionalism. Registration for Student Success Series is open now. Find out more information at texasfarmbureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If you're considering buying a horse, you should get that horse examined. Dr. Bob Judd says it is not a good idea to buy a horse without one. It seems more horses are being bought over the Internet than ever before, and especially if you're not familiar with horses and the horse business, poor decisions can be made. It is always critical to get an unbiased veterinary opinion before purchasing a horse regardless of the situation. Even if you know the seller, a pre-purchase is a good investment. We had a client just last week purchase a horse from about 100 miles away, and although a good client was not familiar with horses, he wanted a horse for his daughter to learn to ride on, and the horse he chose was very gentle and a really good horse, except the horse had major leg problems. Although this horse was only five years old, the horse had arthritis in the left front leg due to being pigeon-toed or towed in very severely. The owner called us after purchasing the horse, and the horse was lame and actually tripped and fell while he was riding. He took the seller's word that this was a working cow horse and did not have a vet even do a basic pre-purchase. He now has a $5,000 horse that will likely never be safe to ride other than at a walk, and it would be dangerous for his daughter to ride. A basic pre-purchase that would likely cost less than $200 would have pointed out this defect and likely saved the buyer $5,000 and the emotional trauma of buying a horse for his daughter that she cannot ride. Even if the horse is being given to you, get a pre-purchase exam. You will still have to deal with medical issues if you take the free horse. And remember, there is no such thing as a free horse, as all animals require basic care and feed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas hunters can now enter to win one of 10,000 drawn hunts across the state. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. A 3 or $10 investment could land you the hunting opportunity of a lifetime. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is now accepting entries for its annual Drawn Hunts program. This year, hunters will have a shot at almost 10,000 permits in 62 hunt categories. The permits allow drawn hunts on public and private lands across Texas. There are hunts for white-tailed and mule deer, pronghorn, turkey, alligator, dove, and other species. There are also guided packages for exotic species and bighorn sheep. The drawn hunt packages this year also include selections for U.S. Forest Service antlerless drawn permits, adult and youth hunts, hunts on 10 national wildlife refuges in Texas, and 18 e-postcard selections. The e-postcard selections include hunts for feral hogs, quail, teal, waterfowl, deer, and other species. 
for those, you must have the annual public hunting permit to apply. There are several new hunts available this year. They're at the Muleshoe National Wildlife Refuge and Powderhorn State Park. Hunts at Devil Sinkhole, Lost Maple State Park, Village Creek State Park, and Stephen F. Austin State Park are once again available this year. Hunters can apply for hunts for $3 or $10, depending on the category. For some hunts, adults may be required to pay an additional special permit fee. The first application deadlines are August 1st. That's for alligator, pronghorn, and private lands dove hunts. If you want to enter the archery deer, general exotic, or javelina hunts, you must enter by August 15th. Details are available on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a very strong close for the week in the cattle market on Friday, but cotton and grains ended in the red. We'll check out all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Hi, this is Kerry Martin with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You know, I've spent my entire life in agriculture, and I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather all increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline comes in. I want you to write this number down, 833-897-2474, Or if you can't write it down right now, just remember, you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That's farmlifehelp.com. The Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Do me a favor, don't wait. Call today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a strong close in the cattle complex on Friday thanks to a big drop in the grain markets. Both live and feeder cattle had big triple-digit gains on Friday. August live cattle were up $1.65 at one thirty-seven thirty-seven. The October up two oh two, one forty-three even, while December live cattle were up $1.85 at one forty-eight seventeen. August feeder cattle climbing three twenty-seven Friday, closing at one eighty-one fifty-five. September up 317 at 184.47, the October up 277, 187 even. Cash fed cattle market saw most of our sales in Texas here at 136. In Kansas, they got as much as 139. Nebraska and Iowa saw live sales from 140 to 143. Dressed sales in the north, mostly 227 to 232. Box to beef prices higher on Friday, choice up 45 cents, 268.21. Select up $1.91 at 242.44. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. How about a livestock market operator report right quick? It's not cattle, but it's uh, sheep and goats. And they sell sheep and goats all over this portion of Texas. And one of the places is the sale down at Southwest Livestock Exchange Valley, Klein Spear. How'd your sheep and goat sale go, Klein? 
We had right at 800 head this week, Larry. Uh, kind of felt like we were 10 to 20 cents better on most classes. A few are a little over 30 cents better. They got along pretty good. I was kind of happy to see that market kind of turn around a little bit this week. Heavy lambs, dollar seventy to two ten. Those light lambs, dollar sixty to two twenty. Those fat ewes, dollar to a dollar forty five. And those thin pack ewes, forty to ninety five. Packer nannies yesterday, seventy five to a dollar forty five. And those fat Spanish nannies, dollar to a dollar sixty five. Uh, Stocker nannies yesterday, dollar sixty to two forty five. And those good cabritos yesterday, two fifty to three and a quarter. And those lightweights, dollar eighty five to two ninety. And the billies yesterday, dollar forty five up to a dollar ninety. So overall, I felt like we got along pretty well there yesterday. Okay, how about the cattle sale? How's it shaping up? Got about three hundred and fifty standing on the yard here tonight. We got some really nice uh, crossbred heifers that somebody could have a little grass. They'd sure make some good cows down the road. We got some other good deals of calves. We got about 10 or 15 good young cows standing here and uh, got a few more coming in the morning. Just some guys trying to get by here, but probably have around that uh, six to 700 head range tomorrow. Klein Spear, tell everybody how to get a hold of you in Uvalde. Call us the office, 830-278-5621 or my cell phone, 830-591-3241. Of course, Klein's cattle sale was yesterday in Uvalde. We'll report on the prices that he drew from that sale next week right here on Walking the Pens from the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I put it all together and I'll do so again tomorrow. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs close strongly higher on Friday. August hogs up 240 at 118.70. October up 55 cents, 96.32. Class 3 milk was lower. July milk down a penny at 22.53 a hundredweight. August milk down 19 cents at 20.17. The cotton market ended up closing lower. We traded higher through the morning session, but as we reached the close, spillover pressure coming from the lower grain markets on Friday. The big news in the grain markets, we have a deal between Ukraine and Russia to allow export vessels to haul Ukrainian grain from Black Sea ports. So we could see Ukrainian grain back on the market soon. That weighed heavily on the corn and wheat markets, and that in turn helped to push our cotton market lower on Friday. October cotton down 17 points, 99.43. December cotton down 71 at 90.89. September corn down 11 and a half on that news at 564 and a quarter. December corn down nine and a quarter, closing at the same price, 564 and a quarter. And a big drop on both hard and soft wheat. September Kansas City wheat down 41 cents, 820 and a quarter. September Chicago wheat down 47 and a quarter, 759 a bushel. In the energy markets, September natural gas was up 38 cents at 820. September crude oil down $1.65, 94.70 a barrel. The financial markets were lower Friday afternoon. The Dow down 190 points, 31,846. The Nasdaq down 235, 11,842. The S&P down 42 points at 3,956. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet. Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.